you're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations, all while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. Now here's your host, Robin Waite. Welcome back, everybody. It's the next episode of the Fearless Business Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Waite, the Fearless Business Coach. I've got a very esteemed guest on the show today in the form of KC Rossi. Welcome, KC. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Robin. Thanks for having me on the show. It's an absolute pleasure. So Casey is a serial entrepreneur who has scaled multiple six and seven figure operations over the last three decades in business. Casey now helps female leaders to do the same without burning out. So we want to hear about some of that. Uh, Casey is always a daily mediator on a mission to spread good vibes and believes that anything we desire is possible. Amazing. So um, one of the things we're going to be digging into today, Casey, is um, about the fact that mindset is the key to unlocking peak performance. So um, how do we know when we've actually achieved peak performance and how can we actually go about sort of getting there? Yeah, awesome question. So we know that we've arrived when we're feeling good, we're energized, there is an effortless flow and fluidity to what we're doing. And at the end of the day, we are satisfied. We're not beating ourselves up or thinking we could have done more. And when we have a string of those days, we are still in alignment versus feeling like a wet washcloth at the end of the day and burned out. So a couple ways to get there is really tuning in and understanding our drivers and our deep why so it doesn't feel like work. So it feels like we are as close to alignment as we can get. And of course, life happens. We're not running after perfection. We're really into embracing the process and a process that works for us. I'm all about busting through the social norms and the shoulds and the obligations and any expert blueprints. And that's one of the keys is really seeing what's working specifically for you and giving yourself permission to craft your own destiny and make it something that's way deeper than a trendy hashtag or something cute on a coffee mug, you know, something that you really embody. That's one of my personal pet peeves is when you see all of these um, quotes going out on Instagram and sometimes you look at the profiles and you think, do they really believe that what they're putting out there? Um, and it, I think there's a, a, a thing sort of in the small business world as well. So we work with a lot of coaches, consultants and freelancers where uh, fake it till you make it is quite a, a big thing. And that you mentioned a really key word there. I should be and I shouldn't be. Um, and what can we start to do to start to, you know, um, un unpack and start to remove some of the words like that and start to believe in ourselves a little bit more? Absolutely. I think tapping into the feeling state is crucial. So that fake it till you make it is, you know, it can be very inauthentic because again, what are you faking? Because feelings is really where the truth is, where the authenticity lies, and where you have the power to kind of cultivate a better feeling thought. So I think making that distinction is huge. And then also understanding that the thoughts are really the key to the cascade 
of our actions. And so what I mean by that, Robin, is, you know, the thoughts are something that we can control. We control what's in between our ears. And so we could have the same exact situation, but how we are approaching it, our perspective, that tick off of the thought process is so very key because the thought is then what governs the feeling. And it's the feeling state that then brings in the emotions and the emotions then kick off our actions. So all of that to say is the thought is really what's bringing us the result. And the more that we are in tune with that, the quicker we can flip the switch when we're starting to have a thought that's not serving us or a thought that's so repetitive that it feels like who we are, but it's really kind of this false autopilot. So I think that that's some key distinctions really is being aware of our thoughts, knowing that we have the power to turn them around and then witnessing the actions that coming that come from it. And the big thing, which I think we often forget to do, especially as high achieving performers, we forget to celebrate those wins. So witness the actions, witness that cascade and leave space to celebrate it because as you probably already know, we repeat what's rewarded. And as entrepreneurs, as solopreneurs, we have to kind of do that ourselves. We've got to be the one that recognizes it and then also pats ourselves on the back for it. So we're charged up to do it again the next day. I'm a, I'm a big fan, actually, of that sort of uh, going out and uh, like rather than kind of spending too much time up here, let's just go out and gather some evidence about the real world out there and bring it back. So uh, I replaced yeah. fake it till you make it with make it until you make it. So if you see other leaders out there doing what you want to do, well, at firstly, what is it that they did that got them there? So whether that's in their thoughts, behaviors, their actions um, and the results which they got. And then how can you actually go out there and, and recreate some of that? So it kind of it's a really uh, gives you permission to kind of step outside of your thoughts and feelings a little bit and just go out and try some stuff out without really fear of failure, because you know that somebody's already been out there and, and done it already. So why should we- I love that? I love that. Make it till you make it. Absolutely. And to your point of busting out of the head, I think that that's something that many of us fall into is we're overthinking. We are falling into perfectionism, which leads to procrastination. And so the only way we can bust through that is to take action, even if it's imperfect action, like show up for yourself and show up for yourself again. So I'm a fan of, of your philosophy of make it till you make it. I think as well, like in order for that to happen, you have to have quite a simple life. And I know I can't really talk because you saw all the stuff behind me on my shelves here, but you talk a lot about minimalism, which is kind of something which I believe in a little bit. I'm always trying to make things as simple as I possibly can, because if something is a little bit more simple, there should be fewer, again, things that could potentially go wrong or fewer kind of um, parts of the formula to try and figure out. So how does minimalism help um, through all of this? Absolutely. I think it helps tremendously. And I th there's a lot of different reasons. You touched on a couple. One, we are eliminating potential um, threats and weaknesses in our chain. So when we have less links together, there are less opportunities for something to break, come undone, or have the whole thing unravel. But I think even more so, especially since COVID, since 2020, we are increasingly bombarded with digital distractions and really are at this, um, you know, increased enticement to escape or cope or try to control something. And I think that that 
absolutely drains our productivity and our focus. And it really can keep us from our goals, even though it may temporarily give us a dopamine hit or give us a funny haha when we see the cat video on YouTube as a distraction, right? But um, digital minimalism is huge. I think that also helps to cultivate some stillness. So we have that creative energy bubble up. We have that Um, You talk a lot about this fearlessness. And I think that when we dig deep into our own self, we can be so creative, not looking at what someone else has done. Like, yes, we can get inspired that if they can do it, we can do it. But I think when we silence the noise, we will be shocked at what actually bubbles up from our own soul, from our own creative um, insight And that part's super exciting. The other thing as an entrepreneur, there are so many gadgets and apps and tools and pieces and parts to run our business. And it can be so much more simple than what we do. And all of this takes a little discipline, but the sweet, sweet, sweet reward at the end is clearer thinking, more efficiency, less output of shiny object cash of like impulse buys, right? And just a lot more alignment. So Mrs. Waits got that covered. I don't need to worry about that, Casey. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good. That's awesome. (laughs) Perfect. You mentioned something really important there about sort of um, as a part of that, um, because it's not just about things, is it? So I always mistook minimalism to be about sort of the number of sort of objects that you do have around you. But it's also just um, so I, I, I incorporate something called a digital detox into my life. So once a quarter, I'll uh, remove all of the notifications from things that I've signed up to, or I'll remove that, uh, like uh, unsubscribe from any subscriptions which I've signed up to that are costing me money. And maybe I'm not using, like you mentioned, apps and things like that as well. But, uh, but also, I'll go right the way through my business and look at, you know, my products, my pricing. Are they still serving me? Are the clients still serving me? Am I still serving my clients like, you know, 100%? And I do this once a quarter because over 90, 90 days, I found that things start to kind of creep into your life that you probably. And maybe some mostly invited, but some of them are uninvited that you don't really realize that you're kind of bringing in. So having that, not just the physical stuff that you're kind of um, minimalizing, is that a word? (laughs) Um, But also (laughs) like the the ethereal stuff, the, the digital stuff that's kind of creeping into your life as well, I think super important. Absolutely. I I love that process. I think it's a beautiful habit. We're constantly changing and shifting. Our cells are regenerating, making new connections and vibrations within us. So it only makes sense to look at our business with fresh eyes and not be afraid to kind of strip it down, you know, relook at it and have a freshness about it. I think it's not only going to serve you and your long-term growth, but absolutely be hundred percent present for your clients. And that's what it's all about. I do think it also Robin does extend to the physical things because it has to do with our mental clarity, you know, the feng shui, the energy of our office, um, what we're looking at, our environment plays a huge, huge, um, you know, factor in our positivity, our optimism, our focus. So I love to kind of go through and do a whole audit, you know, on some of the energetic things, some of the digital things and some of the physical things as well, and just be very mindful of that process. How much this, um, again, like one of the things I've noticed is especially around lockdown is that um, a lot of the, um, 
what would you call them? I, you use the word distractions, but these are more the things like, so I used to go surfing more. I used to go cycling more. So I used to like, as a family, we used to go out and do many more sort of outdoor activities because we could, Yeah. you know, we've pretty much been in lockdown for six or seven months now out of the last 12 here in the UK. And it's, it's been a real challenge. And I think there's a propensity because you, there was all the stuff that we used to enjoy that we can no longer go, do that. You're kind of drawn to the apps and to the, the Netflix and the buying things on Amazon, aren't you? And so yes, there's <laughs> a much greater chance of those of us achieving burnout now, despite the fact we're kind of doing less in a way because we're all locked down at home. So what, what yeah. how does burnout burnout kind of start to, to fit into this? I think burnout fits in because, like you said, we are constantly attached to our device. Um, the studies have shown uh, the majority look at their phone before they're even out of bed as the very first thing they do in the morning. Many of us will allow our inbox as entrepreneurs to become our to-do list and we can easily be taken over by the day unless we put in some boundaries, which to me is the number one way to prevent burnout. And I think when you have those self-imposed kind of garters or guidelines or bright lines that you stay within, um, you're actually giving yourself more freedom. And I think that that's really the mind flip. Many times people are like, oh gosh, I don't want more rules. I don't want more structure. I just want to be free. And the fact is that when we have those boundaries and structures, we can enjoy that freedom without guilt and shame because we have more energy. And I think that the the key is I understanding when we're spiraling down into something that's a distraction and checking in with yourself. How do I feel after I've been on social for a couple hours? How do I feel after taking in XYZ news channel or mindlessly adding stuff to my wish list on Amazon, like you referenced? And I think the the beauty of this opportunity of lockdown is that we actually get to choose and choose again. What's serving me? What do I really want to keep in my life? I think a lot of us had things that we were doing that didn't light us up. In addition to the super fun outdoor activity things that you mentioned, there were probably a handful of things that we were like, oh, okay, I get to look at this again and maybe release it. So I think it's an opportunity to look within and in order to do that, we actually do have to shut the outside out for a period of time and embrace that opportunity instead of looking at it as like a martyr trip of a, or lack or limitation or what can't we do? It's almost like, what can we do? What, what is this opening an opportunity here for me? Yeah, it's interesting because I I, um, uh, I very consciously made a decision a couple of years ago not to take my phone upstairs. It was a you know, mm. it always stays down on the kitchen countertop um, because it was first thing in the morning, you know, straight away kind of scrolling on the phone, last thing at night, oh, just checking my emails. It's, it's like, what are people going to be doing at 10 or 11 o'clock at night that needs my attention that much? You know, it's just a bit dumb. And actually- Oh it, my gosh, totally. It's been, I've been so much more free since I've done that. I still can't, again, I can't quite persuade my wife to do the same. She says she needs a torch in the middle of the night if the girls wake up. But, um, and the other <laughs> thing, this was pretty interesting. So, when it is just sat there on the countertop, again, making that conscious decision, every time you walk past it, rather than taking diversion and go and look at your phone, go, no, just ignore it and walk past. But a slightly yeah. controversial question here, Casey, is there is there a place and a time when social can be positive, when it can, you know, give back? 
Absolutely. 100%. I mean, there is positive and negative in everything. And I think some of the positives that we're seeing and really leaning into is that sense of community, that um, way that we can self-identify with our peeps and our tribe and connect. And, you know, I love the fact that there are so many Facebook groups. There are so many opportunities out there to really narrow in on the things that resonate specifically with us. I mean, you're seeing so many things come up um, that are super specific that you can just lean into. So I think that having a platform for your voice, being able to connect with people worldwide is a beautiful part of technology, especially in times right now of isolation or lockdown, or even needing somebody to talk about COVID, if they've lost somebody to COVID, if they've experienced COVID and now they're trying to cope with maybe a loss of smell. I had COVID in March. And so I'm still trying to regain my sense of smell and taste. So it's wonderful to be able to connect with other people who are going through similar experiences or even some of our leaders that can lift us up because we're tuning into their podcast or we're able to, you know, connect with them on a live stream and feel better. I think it comes down to balance and it comes down to us having those disciplines and self-control to say, what feels good? What's serving me? When does the pendulum swing to the other direction and now start to feel like excess comparison or draining. And we just want to stay in the feel good spot. Cause again, it's really all about how we want to feel. I suppose one of the other things as well is like, um, how, how much does confidence kind of play into this? Like what, what validation is it that people are constantly searching for on social media and things like that? And if, yeah. if they could find a way to find that inner confidence, I'm guessing that's quite a major part of hitting, reaching that peak performance as well. It's a huge part. I, I mean, Robin, I wish that someone told me that that was the key to cultivate 30 years ago before I started my entrepreneurial journey. To me, that is the key that really unlocks so many doors. And so, yes, I think that that's one of the things to be really mindful of. And it's again, like a lot of this is to stay in self-check. You know, am I posting these cool things as the highlight reel. So people assume that I'm this, and it makes me feel like that, you know, cause that's all fading. That is just, that's like building your house on sand that it's not going to have a solid foundation. So really kind of giving yourself the care and the love to trust yourself, lean into your intuition and cultivate confidence, even on a daily basis, because there's things that chip away at our confidence. Absolutely. We're human. You may have a troll on social media, or you may have somebody that doesn't respond to something that you really put your heart and soul in. So to me, it's not a one and done. It's literally just being aware, being mindful, and then having some practices that cultivate your confidence. And then you wake up and do it again. Like it's just a wash, rinse and repeat. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned very briefly that your your entrepreneurial journey, which started thirty years ago, which I can't I can't believe that looking at you at all, Casey. But um, let's let's learn a little bit more about Casey and why you're a fearless business owner yourself. So how did it all start? Yeah, it all started actually when I was very young. I became um, the town nanny at age ten, and I was really relied on until eighteen. So I got so threaded into community and 
you know, that reliancy and helping people. And so I was like, yeah, I'm all about this. And then at 19, I met a biz bestie and we just hit it off. We had a lot of similar visions, a lot of spiritual foundation similarities, and we crafted nine different businesses together, ranging from yeah, crazy. I mean, and they were all over the board, like exterior house painting, fine art, you know, like the, the craft shows and the trade shows. And our 10th business, we ended up creating a handmade confection company and sold to upscale gift and gourmet companies. And we did that for 17 years. So that was just this, you know, way of life. Like to me, I feel like I have, you know, entrepreneurial DNA, like it's in me. I can't, ever imagined doing anything different. Like I love it. I love all aspects of business. I love the fact that business, especially as a solopreneur is such an amazing opportunity for personal and spiritual development. Like you're not going to be tested like you're tested and under the microscope as a solopreneur. So yeah, it's pretty exciting. Amazing. So talk to us. I'm interested. So that was just, um, you named a couple of your businesses there. What else have you done over the last 30 years then? Yeah. So from there, we sold that company in 2011. And then I started getting into aromatherapy, holistic modalities, and started doing boutique one-on-one consultations. And what I saw from that is there were a lot of people, especially women over 40, that were pivoting from nine to five jobs or something that just didn't light them up, something that felt super black and white and in the box. They were pivoting to something that felt more on purpose. And a lot of the case, it was like nutrition or holistic medicine, aromatherapy and things of that nature. And so what I noticed is they were really great at their craft. They were caregivers. They were really awesome at what they did. And they didn't have the other side, which was the business foundation visibility, the whole online marketing vocabulary was, was completely Greek. And I was like, okay, I saw this gap. And I was like, I can take at that time, the two decades that I had of brick and mortar experience and building, you know, something from nothing and bridge it over to this arena of something that I really loved, which were holistic modalities and help this very specific niche into creating and growing and scale, um, holistic businesses. It's it's really interesting, actually. There's a slight crossover there between um, the clients that you're working with and the clients we work with. So I've noticed oh, cool. that a lot of um, sort of coaches and therapists, especially, they have um, loads and loads of certifications, but they really lack solid business foundations. And it's kind of like, oh, you know, you, you'd make a fantastic therapist. You should go and do that. And they're encouraged to do it by their sort of family members and friends and things like that. But then actually, when you get Absolutely. out into the real world, it's a real struggle for them to to sort of find find clients and, and confidently you know grow a uh, a really prosperous business so what do you what would you and say to see things which kind of hold people back yeah absolutely and i just want to point out that's the allure when you said one certification after the other that's the allure because the space that's unknown in the business foundation and sales you know, is, is so easy to go back to like, maybe I need one more certification. And I often joke about it being the course carousel. We just never want to jump off the merry-go-round because we need one more thing and then we'll be ready. So, um, to your question of what helps them kind of like bust through and, and get to that aspect of looking really honestly at the business foundation is truly a decision. And what I find, especially with therapists and people that have big hearts to serve is when you can frame it that 
It's not about the money because most of the drivers aren't that they want to be a seven plus figure business. It's that they want to serve more people or they want to leave a legacy. They really want to help. And so I think when you can frame it in a way that in order to have a sustainable business, you actually need to have retribution for your services and you get to serve and help more people on a greater scale now more than ever, because like we mentioned, we have these digital um, resources that we can touch people worldwide where 20 years ago, 30 years ago, we didn't. So I think when you frame it in that way, there's a little bit more buy-in and there's still fear. Of course, there's still fear and it's still hard work, but there's a little bit more buy-in to be like, okay, I'm going to actually have to learn the admin. I'm going to have to look at legal. I'm going to have to put those systems in so it can be something that I can scale So again, it goes back to mindset. It goes back to perspective. And I think really the thing that gives it legs is going back to that deep why. When they're connected, like I am doing this because, and they're connected to that deep why, that becomes the fuel to do one more thing that gives them fear, accomplish it, celebrate. And then, like you said, add to the evidence bank that I can do hard things. What would you say has been your greatest challenge growing a business? Mm, I think the longevity, being willing to pivot, even when something is quote unquote successful, if it's out of alignment, because that 10th business, like I said, you know, we were doing seven plus figures a year. So most people would be like, why would you leave that? But it fell out of alignment for me because I didn't feel I wanted to like sell sugar anymore. And we were selling chocolate. And as I continued going into vegetarianism, veganism, holistic modalities, plant medicine, I was like, this doesn't feel like an alignment to me. You know, I'm selling things with red dye seven in it. Like this feels totally out of alignment. So that was scary to um, to sell something that was successful. The other piece that was really scary in that pivot was I had been part of a dynamic duo for two decades. And my choice to branch into holistic modalities and coaching was a solo venture. And I had to discover myself and my identity without being part of a powerhouse team and with also now having to cultivate all the traits that my business partner brought to the table that I did not, which was like extroversion, which was um, just a, a big part of um, no fear and acting and then thinking, I was the part of our business partnership that was like, let's create a spreadsheet. Let's analyze it. Let's think some more. So I couldn't do that anymore because, you know, there's only so much you can organize like post-it notes and be super, you know, together. I had to be willing to take imperfect action. I had to be willing to use my voice and step out me, myself and I, and that was hard. And I needed coaching and healing around worthiness in order to do that. And there's no one to hide behind when it's just you. So there were a lot of things that came from that pivot. And I think still are there for me to look at and to address and to give some self-compassion to. In terms of, um, because there's probably some people listening, watching this, who um, are going through some kind of a big transformation in their business themselves. And they're kind of like holding them back a little bit. Maybe there's a few limiting beliefs there that are kind of swirling around, maybe stopping them from taking that imperfect action. What, what would your tips or advice be for, for those sorts of people? I think one, um, you're in the exact perfect space 
that you need to be. So to embrace your timeline that you're not comparing to anybody else. And I think that the fact that you're even listening to this shows that you're ready because you wouldn't even have it in your consciousness. You wouldn't even be tuning into something called the fearless business podcast show, unless you were ready to bust through the fear and do something different. So I think just honoring and acknowledging that is huge. Making little micro um, challenges for yourself and breaking it down, I think is going to be very, very helpful because I think many times as entrepreneurs with huge audacious goals, we look at this massive, big goal. Like I want to be an author. I want to be on the best selling list. I, you know, we look at this huge thing versus breaking it down into micro goals, which gives us that opportunity for the micro win, which then makes this happy cycle of productivity. So I would say one acknowledge and celebrate that you're already here and it wouldn't be in your consciousness if you weren't ready for change and breaking things down in step-by-step-by-step increments and just commit to yourself, commit to yourself to showing up and chunking through some of those increments, not the whole big thing. So you choke and stop, but just little bits at a time. So you set yourself up to win. 100%. I was nodding furiously then um, (laughs) because you you mentioned about things like the books and stuff like that, but people go, how do you get 500 reviews, Robin? I'm like, well, one review at a time, just go and ask for it, you know, just. Congratulations. (laughs) That's awesome. You got to chunk it right down. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Yeah. uh, In terms of kind of, so what are you working on? What's Casey working on at the moment? What are you working on next? So I'm personally working on incorporating more spiritual leadership into my work, having more of an integration. I have developed the soul print method, which really honors the masculine, the strategies, the linear, and all the things that we need for a sustainable business. In addition to the yin, the feminine, the fluidity, the giving ourselves permission to tap in to intuition, intuition, knowing the difference between Um, a limiting belief or maybe like a a restrictive thought and intuition, kind of really building that muscle. And so that's what I'm really psyched about right now. And it's been a process for sure. I think for many years, I had my spiritual life. I've been a, like you said, a daily meditator for 30 years. And I always kept that kind of like, that's my private life. And what I'm seeing now more and more and what I want to do as well is be more integrated, like live in full color, have no like distinctions where it's like, hi, I'm on, I'm X, Y, Z. Then you're home and you're something else. Like let's be who we are like all the time. I think, you know, we're, we're seeing it, we're craving it, we're, we're wanting it. And when people are tapped into that, you feel it. You're like, they have something, it's something different. And it's like, that's the part that I'm really helping my clients integrate more bring more into their writing, bring more into their authentic sales, sales that feels good to them. So that's what's currently getting me juiced up. I, I have a lot in my hopper. I can't wait to to kind of bring it out and see it fructify this year. <laughs> you, you just made me think of something really funny. You mentioned about integrating your 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 life a little bit more, but I was thinking, right, well, well, I'm going to interview my, my seven and four-year-old girls straight after you, Casey. Ah, sweet. <laughs> bring them on to the it. podcast. <laughs> and you know what? That's probably going to be some of the ju- juiciest interviews because of their purity and their innocence and and they're not overthinking. Like if we could just tap into some of those traits when we were younger, right? Where it was about curiosity and playfulness and and pure like unadulterated, unfiltered honesty. I can't wait to see those interviews. It's going to be awesome. hundred <laughs> percent. I might, 
might I might do a couple of practice runs just to see. My seven-year-old's getting to the point now where we can have some properly sort of philosophical conversations about life, mm-hmm. and it's it's getting like really fun. My four-year-old just wants him to play with dollies, which you know, <laughs> it's, it's fun to a point, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, awesome. Listen, so you've got a um, an amazing free training which um, you, you're bringing to the listeners today. So um, do you want to introduce that? Absolutely. So it's called the Emerging Leaders Quick Start Guide. It's a free mini course. It goes into some of the topics we talked about here, really looking at our sweet spot, getting really honed in on our why, where is that connection of our vision, desires, our mission, what the world needs, when does it all pull together, and a couple other juicy things, but they can absolutely grab it for free at kcrossi.com slash guide. Cool. Excellent. Well, kcrossi.com forward slash guide. We'll make sure we do pop that in the show notes. And obviously we've got all of your social media links and things like that as well. Uh, Casey, I've got one final question just before we we wrap up um, proceedings for today. So I probably should have forewarned you actually um, during our, uh, whilst we were off there beforehand. So I'll give you a moment to kind of um, think, think of an answer, but are you familiar with Back to the Future? Absolutely. So we're gonna we're gonna jump into the fearless business time machine now, and you get to punch in the the, the year, uh, the date. It's our, our time machine slightly better than the DeLorean, by the way. Fewer Iranians <laughs> on it. As well. um, so you get to punch in the date, and we're gonna go back and speak to Casey Rossi, T minus however many years. So when, what year is mm-hmm. it, and what would you say to Casey Rossi then? Ooh, that is a good one. That's a good one. Uh, I would say it would probably be at. I would maybe 18 is what's coming to mind. So let's go back to that, that year. And I think the, I think the biggest thing is self-trust and leaning in that you have everything within you. You don't need to run and look for answers externally and learn to lean into that, learn and learn to tap into your intuition and all those other things will follow the confidence, the self-trust, the intuition. I think life would have been a lot easier and a lot more fun had I known that many years ago. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it uh, goes right back to what you said at the start of your, or midway through the interview, and you told us about um, that you've been running a business kind of since you were 10 years old, um, doing the sort of the the town nanny, I think you called it. Yeah. So I think that that you were already an inspired leader at that age, and I don't think you really realized mm-hmm. it. So it was probably already inside you at 18. It's just about trusting mm-hmm. in that and, and taking it forward. So it's quite, I always think it's quite fun when you look back and you think about how, would you would you have done things differently or not? What, what would you have needed back then to have made more of it but you, you're obviously out there inspiring tons of people now so you needed to go through that process at 18. Yes thank you appreciate that. Awesome well Casey it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today uh, we've already had uh, do make sure you get into the Facebook group as well because we've had a ton of people commenting in there so do go and, awesome. uh, go, go, and, go, and go and check them out so Sue, Kirsty, and Rosie have all said hi and they've left a couple of comments in there as well so go and tap them Sweet. up and say hello. Um, and then um, I, we'll, we'll have to make sure that we do share. So we've got your free mini training, caseyrossi.com forward slash guide. And we've got all your social media links. We'll share all of those in the uh, show notes as well, Casey. But it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. My pleasure, Robin. Thank you so much. And I'm so looking forward to the interviews with your kiddos. <laughs> I, I mean, you're going to hold me to, to account now for that. I'm going to have to do that. I at some am. Point. I, I don't know. I don't know whether I want to do that with it. Oh gosh. I'll, well, it's, it's only a recording, isn't it? If it doesn't go to plan, I can always delete it. So. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> you, you've got this. I have definitely got it. <laughs>